The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Taking your phone calls here at 312-332-3776. Waddle and I have an hour more to go. Then we go into the network pregame show. And I go to Hooters. And Waddle goes to Hooters. You've been trying to get me out of here for an hour. Well, but well, your Hooters uh, appearance doesn't start till seven, right? Yeah, that's correct. I'm gonna go up there for a little bonus, uh, bonus you action. Said bonus. I said bonus. Okay. No, you will be there for bonus action. More than likely, I'm not going home. Okay. So I guess it will probably take you a good hour to get yeah. there. Uh, so you're at the Hooters uh, on Manheim? Is that uh, Manheim? Where is that I had one? the information. And I, don't, uh, I don't know. That's yeah. Higgins. Higgins, Higgins yes. yes. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, right near O'Hare. I hear R.J. Curcio sent me a text, and he lives near there, and he's like, I said, come on by. Wings and beers on me. I'll, I'll pay for you. And he said, it's a beautiful place. Like, they've redone it. So he said he may come by. All right, good. I, I love that you keep selling that R.J. Curcio is going to be there. No, I'm just telling you. I know, I know. You, you have an infatuation with him, so I'm he's just trying great, to tell you that he's coming to, coming to the event. And a fantastic lawyer and a big partner of ours. Um, and then the Bears pregame show, 5 o'clock, Lance and I will be in our studio. And then Dion will be at the... Uh, what, what, she at the field? She's at the field, yes. So she's working TV She's Not, working is it, the pregame show. Is it FedEx Field still? Court, let's bring in Courtney. She's on on our pregame show and on with us right now as well on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Courtney, what's the name of the field these days? It's still FedEx Field. Okay. It's, yeah, it's for now. I mean, I don't. I know with the new ownership, it probably won't be here much longer, which would be great because it's in the middle of nowhere in Prince George's County. I would love for them to go back to actually playing in. D.C. city limits. I know it was a long time ago, but I think a lot of people were. Is it a bad stadium? How is it uh, as far compared to the other stadiums across the NFL? So where th- this is my fourth time here. Covered an Indiana-Penn State game here, oddly enough, in like the 2010s and a couple Vikings games here. The press box vantage point, like you're lower. It reminds me of Baltimore in that respect where you you know have a better you're not sitting way high up but it's still like in the corner of the end zone so it's hard to tell the vantage point of the of the yard markers like the you know the yard lines when you're looking further down the field but it's not great it's not the worst honestly the setup kind of reminds me of green bay too because you get off an elevator you end up walking outside down a concourse to get to the press box before you um before you get to your seat Courtney, how do you feel about this team right now and what you expect to see tonight? Will you see an extension of what you saw in the first three quarters of the game against the Denver Broncos? Or do you think this team is still stung by how they they coughed it up in the fourth quarter? How do you think they'll come out and play? I think those hangovers that you talk about where, unlike Kansas City, this was a game that was there to win against Denver. Like that stuff is natural if they do come across as a you know the sluggish start anything like that. But I also think that they feel. I know there's like the pressure to win, of course, for like the coaching staff and for the front office to get this thing on the tracks because it's gone so far off. You know, staring at zero and five right now. But I feel like for the players, now four straight losses. A lot of guys in this locker room had ten straight losses to end last season. 
I almost think in a way that that sort of takes some of the pressure off where it's like, all right, how much worse can it possibly get? So you won't be playing tight. You know, I heard you guys talking earlier in the week, and I remember feeling the same thing, Waddle, that when when Denver scored that first touchdown in the second half, the one uh, in the late third quarter, there was this collective nervous energy of, okay, is this going to, can they hold a lead or is it going to be an onslaught? And that's when they started playing. That's when they started playing tight. So I don't think that you anticipate any of that here because we know Washington's a better football team than the Bears right now. And they're on a short week just trying to put something together. They showed they could do it for three quarters. So at least they got part of the hard part out of the way, if that makes sense. But they know they can do it. It's just a matter now. Can you do it against a good team and can you do it for an entire game? Courtney Cronin uh, joining us right now on ESPN 1000. She's brought to you by Purple Wave Auction. Uh, Let's talk about the big picture scenario that a lot of people locally and nationally are speculating on, Courtney. If the Bears lose and if they get embarrassed or if it's like a choke job, do you believe there's any chance that they would let Eberflus go? It's a toss-up, and I know that's not the answer anybody wants, but the reality is we have no idea which way Kevin Warren is leaning on this and what his decision-making is. There's a reason that, you know, for the whole idea that they've never fired a coach in season before, that's null and void because if it happens tomorrow, you're not surprised because Kevin Warren's running the ship now. It's not Ted Phillips in that presidential role anymore. It's somebody who has a completely different mindset and plan for this organization to to get it back to a respectable level. So I don't think anybody, if, if there is a firing tomorrow, um, and if it's a bad loss, close loss, whatever it is, if, if you have a head coach who's lost 15 straight games, can anybody honestly say that that's somebody who thinks and deserves to have their job? No. Like, you can't like, – the high school level – the college level, they would fire somebody if they were if he was in charge of 15 straight losses. But caveat of that is there's no natural succession plan on this coaching staff. There's no no one on this coaching staff has head coaching experience. Um, as far as play callers, you know, there's nobody to pass off the defensive play calling to that's a like natural fit right now. So you're running, you're you're trying to rack your brain on who might be the best fit here. Can this be a good contingency plan for the next 12 games? And it's not an easy fix. So while it may not look great right now with Eberflus, I don't really know where the alternatives come from that give Bears fans and give this organization, you know, faith that it's going to get that much better for the remainder of the season. But I, I would, if, if they pull that move tomorrow, it's a bad loss tonight, whatever. Like if they pull that move tomorrow, it shows you that they're doing things differently here in Chicago than they've done really throughout any point of their history. And Waddle and I also think that this this team has already gone through its fair share of drama. This would be more drama. And I'm not saying that he deserves to keep his job past this year. I believe that they need to get a new coach at the end of the year. At the very least, uh, all bets are off with polls. And who knows what Kevin Warren's thinking there in the long term. But I, I just don't know what the point is now and how that's going to truly help the cause now. I guess it would be a move for optics because it's not going to save your season. It's not like, let's say if you were to project this thing out 
you know, who can who can change the image of this team? And maybe they certainly need that from a front-facing person. Matty Berflus has has failed at every press conference where it's been a high-stakes situation. He has gotten an F because he is either not prepared for it or just can't handle those moments. Luke Getzey's done a really good job, actually, in spite of all of those things, sometimes coming across like, are we actually watching the same game? But the way that he's come out has not made the team look like an embarrassment from a public front-facing standpoint. Now, I don't know if that would mean that it would necessarily like galvanize the team if you change coaches and put somebody in that head coaching role on an interim basis. Like, But at some point, somebody's got to get through to players in ways that are currently not happening. When you have a head coach who has fumbled again and again with the things that he said about this team, having to walk back the statements on Chase Claypool uh, this past week, and I even thought back to the Green Bay game. Do you guys remember when he didn't know if DJ Moore was on the field or not That's once they got was. into the red zone. I was wondering like, what it was. I was asking the guys, and no one could think of it. There was a play that I was wondering out loud, Courtney, earlier in the week where he answered, I don't know. And my rationale was, it's never good when the coach answers a question with, I don't know. You no, know, it, it, it's a bad look. And so if there was any sort of change that would be made with the coaching staff. I think it's not just the on-field product that the team would be trying to clean up. It's the image around who's running the show. Because right now, it looks like a free-for-all. It looks like someone who's not getting through to players. It looks like someone whose hit principle is a hokey thing that ended up not working. And that's not a good look for this team because they they hitched their wagon to Matt Eberflus. They said, okay, you've got one season for this thing to, you know, go as badly as possible last year and those same that same leash is not as nearly as long and honestly very well may be up tonight but again like we don't know which way this thing is going there's a lot of mystery because you have someone calling the shots from the highest level next to ownership that you have no track record for in this position before so we'll, we'll see how it goes tonight but would it surprise me no because the team's on a 15 game losing streak i don't could get worse, but like at some point, you, you know, there's got to be a straw that breaks the camel's back, and that might be 15 straight losses. Uh, Courtney, Tevin Jenkins is active for tonight's game. Do you know for sure how they're going to use him, or if they will use him? Yeah, what, from what I've been told, I mean, he'll be he'll play tonight, but it's it's not. I don't think it'll necessarily be as much of a rotation as it will be, or rather, a shift, like a line shift. If him going back into left guard, I think they're going to ease him back in here and go about this on a week-to-week basis with him. Let's remember, this is a player who's dealt with multiple injuries throughout his career, and this calf injury kind of popped up out of nowhere in uh, the middle of August. So I imagine it, he'll be on some sort of pitch count, snap count for Tevin Jenkins tonight before they figure out, okay, is he ready to play a full game at left guard? But, you know, we'll see. Pre-game warm-up is going to be important to see where he's taking those snaps and also what that means for the rest of the line if Cody Whitehair does indeed go back to center. Uh, which would be the natural fit, uh, given the circumstances of Jenkins being back. Do you think he will go to center? or Because Joniak was wondering, would they move two guys for just him coming in for uh, a few different Especially plays? Especially since they haven't practiced. So, the they logical just thing, through. I think, would be, at least for right now, is to keep white hair at left guard. And if you're going to try to ease Kevin Jenkins into this, because remember who you're facing. This isn't Denver's defensive line. This is a defensive line that has Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Like the I think you'd want for the interior of the offensive line and not go through a complete 
you know, rehaul here uh, on a short week that maybe he and Cody Whitehair end up splitting snaps at left guard. I don't know, though. Again, this is good. we have not seen anything in practice as far as where Kevin Jenkins is lined up. That's going to be pretty important in the next, you know, two hours when they have uh, their pregame warm-up to see where he is indeed taking his snaps. Any idea uh, about the status of Brisker? He had a ha- he has a hamstring injury. I mean, this is not something new with him, but it popped up yesterday. And while it wasn't a full walkthrough, it wasn't classified as that, according to Matt Eberflus, there were helmets yesterday at practice and shells. But kind of, this isn't full contact. So it is a little bit of an eyebrow raiser that he injured his hamstring during practice. That was supposed to be a lighter practice on a shorter week, but they did activate A.J. Thomas off the practice squad, moved him onto the active roster. They've got Deron Harmon. And, and I, get, I gauged from Matt Eberflug yesterday that they don't know how much he's actually going to play. He just got here. Got here on Tuesday. So uh, that's asking a lot, even for somebody who's played, you know, a decade plus in the NFL. But they're thin back there. And it's not just at safety. It's cornerback, too, with uh, Jalen Johnson being out for a second straight week. So secondary, and you're going to be facing a relatively healthy you know, group of skill players for Washington. Uh, that doesn't exactly bode well for the Bears in their back seven. I, I, I get the want and the need to play Brisker because you're desperate and you're 0-4, but he did not have a, a lot of training camp. He has been nursing, like you said, the hamstring almost all year, and now he, as you called it, activated it. Uh, in a walkthrough, aren't they better off just getting him right? This is a young player that they have a big belief in. Like, the last thing you want him to do is seriously hurt the hamstring further, isn't it? Of course. But, I mean, we don't know the grade of this thing. It popped up yesterday on the final day of practice before, you know, they left. So, is it – for somebody who's dealt with these before, you know that, like, soft tissue injuries sometimes don't go away. And there's the risk of re-injury. So maybe it's a situation where they're looking at it on a short week and saying, all right, this is going to be an Elijah Hicks, A.J. Thomas, Jerron Harmon um, sort of combination. And, and the good thing is Josh Blackwell's healthy, so they can at least be in nickel. Um, and, it, you know, that ends up being a way that they can compensate for the losses of their secondary right now. But, I mean, either way, we're trying to, we're trying to like, put lipstick on a pig here. It's not a great look. Like, they're really injured, and there's no real way to, like, sugarcoat this and say it'll be fine with the backups that they have. Like, Jaquan Brisker's a starter in the secondary. Eddie Jackson is not, has not been playing since week two. Like, it's not good. Their injury situation is terrible back there. And this was supposed to be the strongest unit of the team, and it's it, injuries and other circumstances have, have precluded that from happening. That is the 2023 slogan, putting lipstick on a pig. That's so far, that has been the slogan that I think describes the situation best. Courtney, do you know if Ryan Poles will talk about the Chase Claypool situation at any point, whether it's today or maybe in the next couple of days? It wouldn't surprise me, but he's still on the roster. So, I I don't know, Poles has been been really good, at least in terms of getting in front of things when things happen. Most general managers don't talk in season, and he he did it a couple weeks ago when the Justin Fields comments about coaching came out and Alan Williams' sudden resignation. There was that. Um, I, don't, I don't know if he'd wait until the trade deadline to address it. it typically, for a failed trade, and rem- like they didn't move on from him yet. I mean, the, the roster move today was Nathan Peterman once again 
being taken off the roster, uh, which is, I don't know if he's going to want to end up signing back with this team at any point, considering how they've done this song and dance repeatedly with him and made him expendable, brought him back. But I thought the natural move would have been for Chase Claypool to be off the roster for this team to cut its losses because, you know, Poles, Poles is somebody who's very self-aware. And if and when we do hear from him on this, I would imagine the comments are going to be that that's on me. That's something that, you know, he has a stain he has to wear. It's a huge swing and a miss. And it did not work out. It will not work out. There's no point of, there's a point of no return here. He will never play another down with the Chicago Bears. It's just kind of a matter right now of like, what are we waiting for? Do they really think they're going to trade him somewhere? Um, or are they just eventually have a self-imposed deadline where they're going to have to cut their losses and waive him? And don't forget, Courtney, you, you join us uh, in about an hour and 15 minutes at 5.30 when the injury report comes out, and you yes. follow the Ryan Poles interview. So Ryan will speak to Joniak. So, and like you said, it, it, it's really interesting, and he is upfront with Jeff, but there are, I'm sure, some things that he won't want to talk about because he's still a member of the team and, and, and things like that. But um, we will hear from Ryan Poles on this radio station tonight and that will happen at 515 right here that's good yeah no i mean it, it'll be i'll be really curious to see what he ends up saying about that because it's another week where there's another off the field situation that the team's had to deal with and i'm sure at this point Poles is kind of exasperated by all of this because you know the focus needs to be on a team trying to get its first win and there's all these other things that keep popping up that, that the general manager, you know, is putting overtime in trying to solve right now. All right, Courtney, we'll talk to you in about an hour and 15, all right? Thanks, Courtney. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. There you go. Courtney, Cro- uh, Courtney Cronin brought to you by Purple Wave Auction. 312-332-3776. I thought her, uh, her suggestion for a theme, and not so much a suggestion for a theme, but it was a great description of the season so far. Yeah, it was putting lipstick course. on a pig. What do you think uh, Ryan Poles would say tonight? What do you think he's going to say tonight? I think he's got to be careful to diminish the whatever the, the value, value may is. be. For my my thought is 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 that, but it's the not reason a why. No, but like you, I think that he's probably. My guess is is that they're waiting to see how this weekend's games go, and if there is a team or two that has an, a, a wide receiver injury. He may be able to make a deal, even like you said. If it, you know, my first blush was I'm just I, I'm irritated with it, I'm frustrated with it, and I'm just like you know what, just get, just move on from him. But you make a really good point. Even if you get a conditional 2025 seventh round pick, that may you know the the last pick of the draft a couple of years ago turned into Brock Purdy. Now I'm not going to pretend that we're the 49ers, but you may find somebody who is a diamond in the rough, even with a late seventh round pick. So that's my guess is is that they're looking they're going to be patient trying to find a trade partner. Jack and Sanborn, he won't be back with the team. Jack Sanborn's a starter on this team. He was undrafted. Correct. Tyson Bagent is the backup quarterback. He was undrafted. Yes. You find guys in the seventh round. Well, uh, you're gonna, you could find that Charles Leno yeah. is starting at left tackle for the Commanders after he started at left tackle for the Bears. Right. Like you could you, if you scout correctly. Uh, every draft pick you get can either be used on a player or be used to trade up for another player. This is a great example of is is it is it imperative to get your pound of flesh 
or do you need to be patient and do the prudent thing? Because, like, at first blush, like I said, I'm tired of it. I want to move on from it. But you've got to factor the emotion out of the decision-making process and make sure that you, if there is still a possibility that you can extract even a late-round pick for him in a trade, then you've got to wait and see if that deal can materialize. You're not getting a pound of flesh from Chase Claypool. He He has gotten every ounce of flesh from you. He's been the flesh-eating bacteria. That's fine. You know my, what I mean? Like, yes, but my you point think is... you're is, getting any revenge by cutting it's him... It's not revenge, but, but it is... What you're trying to do is you're trying to take out your frustration by just moving on, and you can't let your emotion be the deciding factor. You've got to make the prudent decision, so you have to do it with your head, not your heart. Mike in Oak Park, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mikey? Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for, for taking the call. First time calling in, but... Um, Really, my question is, well, first I'll say I know the Bears and the, and, and the coach have been a dumpster fire. But we're only a season and a quarter into, you know, this rebuild. So I don't think we should be jumping off shit to restart the clock. You know, I want to win. I've been dying to win. I don't want to wait another five years to develop another quarterback. Uh, I'm with you, but by the same token, Mike, you also don't want to – just for the sake of not wanting to hit the reset button, make the wrong decision. That's why it's such a difficult process. So, so do you guys think we, we made the wrong decision? I mean, we, you got to look at other teams. They got a lot of talent. What the Packers have, first-rounders everywhere. Not saying that all of them were drafted, but... Well, I think, that you, I think Mike, you have to look at the... In- you have to look at the individual situations. Did they make the right yep. decision with the coach? I think we'd all agree no. Did you make the right decision with the trade for Chase Claypool? I think we would all say no. And some of the other questions are, you know, the answers are probably still being are, worked out. Are you talking about the coaching staff, the general manager? Or are you talking about Justin? I'm talking about all of them. I mean, we just started now. Not saying that losing all these games straight, they should keep their jobs. Not saying that, but we need talent. We need talent, and if we get two top ten picks, we need to use them. And we got money for free agency next year. I'm just saying the team needs talent, and everyone is trying to reset. And I'm not sure we should do that just yet, just yet. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's a, fu- and that's why I think the Ryan Poles question is, and I think during the mini buy after this game and into early next week when there's no game to react to on Monday and Tuesday. It's a really good deep discussion on polls because can you judge a general manager after a week and a, a year and a half? Um, it's like a week and a half. I can I can make I feel a very fair judgment on the coach. I think we all have come to the conclusion he's not the one. He ain't it. Um, I don't know if you can come to the conclusion on Ryan Poles yet. I know we know some of his decisions haven't worked out. Some have, um, and others have to be given time. Um, can, but I, I don't like. You could sway me either way on Ryan Poles at this point. I think it's deciding on a general manager, the process takes longer than deciding on a coach. I, that's the way I feel. I'll also say this too before we go to break, and I'm not going to overvalue tonight's game and what a win would do and it's not going to propel you to the Super Bowl but what it will do in my opinion it will calm the seas up at Hallis Hall 
and guys will have an extended period of time away from the building, a couple more days, and they'll have positive feelings, and they'll be getting that stench off of them. Yes. And maybe then you come into the week as you prepare for the Vikings with a little bit better approach, and your mind is right, and you may get a couple of guys back, and you may be healthier as opposed to if, for whatever reason, you lose tonight's game and that stench stays with you and you go through the extended weekend feeling bad about yourself and then you're preparing for the fight. Do you understand it's what I mean? It's a cleanse. Like, it's a cleanse. And again, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you that this could be the moment that will flip your season. No, but, do but you what need it would a cleanse. do yes. is it would change how you feel about yourself and it would, at the very least, take the foot off the throat of everyone up at Hallis Hall for even a short period of time. We have a uh, Lots of time for your calls, and we'll even take your calls in the network pregame, and I take them at halftime. This is your pregame show, 312-332-3776. We want to hear from you, and we'll take all your phone calls next. Football, horse racing, burgers, beer, and so much more. Have a winning weekend at newly remodeled Club Hawthorne Betting Bars featuring cash betting at PointsBet Sportsbooks. Find a location near you at HawthorneBettingBars.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER to get help. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Half hour away from the network pregame show, and I take your calls at halftime too. If you want to get in on halftime, make sure you call like a couple of minutes before the half. 312-332-3776. It's the same number. And uh, it's good or bad, whatever you have on your mind. You don't have to wait till post game. I had a good call last week, too. Do you have a group of regulars that call in at the Not half? Yet. No, no. Uh-uh. no. Um, what was the best call from uh, halftime last week? We only took one last week. It was so, like, halftime goes so quick, too. Um, and, and 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 you got you like what you got to do is it, it's not like our show right now where you can really breathe and take your time. You got to make your point and you got to go stick and move. Yes, it's got to be a two minute drill because mm-hmm. that's basically all we have. We've got a t- couple of two minute segments. Joniak needs his time to set up the second half. Find his phone. Yes, exactly. So remember, we take your calls at halftime. Uh, good or bad, positive, negative, that's what we do on the Bears Radio Network. We're doing something that no other radio network does in the NFL. That's not, that's not really what anyone does on a, on a Everybody's NFL Everybody's taking run. calls at the half? No, or especially that will blast the team. And we're, we're given that uh, landscape to do it. We're appreciative that we're able to do that. So 312-332-3776. Uh, let's take some of your calls right now. Well, let's see who's been on hold here. Uh, let's take Eddie. We haven't talked to Eddie this week. Wow, yeah. Eddie haven't on the to Eddie in a while. What's up, Eddie? Waddle well, and Sylvie, how you guys doing? Waddle, well, I might come see you, but uh, I don't know. i got to see what my schedule is. Don't do anything uh, creepy like you do sometimes. I'm, I'm wearing sorry, a mask. Like you wore a mask. Hey, I'm a really Halloween buff. I know if, you if are. Like, what, didn't one time you put what? like weird eyeballs in your eyes or he something like that? had a mask like on, too. No, I have context, and yeah, I do it. I do it all out. We, I, 
I do the uh, the bar crawl. I won scariest costume like for four years in a row, mm. not too far from me. So, you know, it's really nice. But I have a huge skeleton. I cut one of my Metallica shirts. He's wearing that with a guitar I found from one of my jobs, and it's wrapped right around him, and it looks awesome. But uh, why are we so much on the head coach? What about the offensive coordinator that calls the offensive plays on here? You know what I mean? I mean, Eberflus is not calling the offensive plays, is he? No, he's calling the defensive plays. Exactly. Well, I mean, defense is all around the league. Even if you go to Philadelphia, one of the best teams, I mean, Washington almost beat them and put up over 30 points on them. The disturbing thing tonight is, you know, Sylvie, you like betting, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't bet big bucks, though. Come on, I know, but a little bit. Justin Fields, to throw two touchdowns, I just checked it recently, is plus 210. That's a nice payout. That is. Sam Howell, to throw two touchdowns, minus 160 to minus 170. But you have Eddie. I, I'm surprised. Eddie, yeah, I'm surprised. Not. I'm surprised you would even bring that up, considering you're not a Justin Fields fan. I, I'm not. Well, that's what I'm saying. the 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 best uh, The best game that Sam Howell had, and I think he's he's crappy. That quarterback. You know what it came against? Denver. He had two touchdowns, close to 300 yards, no interceptions. The best game that Justin had was against Denver, and now the bookmakers are saying Justin can't even throw two touchdowns. And if you think he could, we're going to pay you good. But we think this guy, Sam Howell, if you look at his stats, you know, you minus the, the, the Denver game, he's, I don't know, two, two touchdowns, five interceptions, is they're saying, well, we want money from you. Eddie, so, let me let me try to give. I'll give this a, a, a stab. Okay. Um, my guess is that's because the the Washington Commanders are top ten in pressuring the quarterback, and I think they're third and four or fourth in sacks. And the reverse is the Bears have two sacks. And I, yeah, I got rid of them. Yeah, okay. Uh, so a, I mean, like, look, I, I I think it's I think Eddie brings up a good point. I put a few bucks down on are Justin. You going to, yeah, to throw more we're, than a touchdown. I pass. think we're both done with the. Justin rushing totals, right? Yeah, teams are playing it differently now. I think that it, you may pop one every now and again, and we saw that. We saw him run for 20 yards on a scramble, but a lot of times it's hard. When you're running that read option, a lot of times the ball is staying in the belly of the running back because the guy at the end of the line of scrimmage ain't, isn't crashing down any longer. Terry in Chicago Heights, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Terry? Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? We're good. Okay, real quick, right? This is a very crucial moment. For the Bears staff, players, coaches, even the GM. It, this is sort of like a preseason. These last four games we didn't play is sort of like a preseason because we didn't nobody really play. So I feel from a coach's standpoint, they should have had Justin Fields out there as well as a few more players that they knew that they was had an eye on, kind of leaning towards being a starter. That's a, that's a misstep on his part, the head coach, because – we it's like we're going through preseason. Like this, the sort of mistakes that we're doing is preseason mistakes. The continuity, the continuity, not competing, play calling, 
all that's 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 a lack of playing together. And I'm not saying injuries kept a lot of the players out. Obviously, I get that. But other teams was playing their starters, like as though they they got something to prove. You can't. You, you, it's this just crucial after this game, today's game, from a from a from a coach's staff going forward because it's a bye week. Either this coach and this team, as it's construct, we either going to sink or swim. Because if I'm the GM, which I don't think Poe's going to go anywhere, I would not invest a nickel in this team going forward trying to build this year. I'm looking next year, year after that, but not with this coach's staff. And unlike, I hate to say it, probably not with Justin Fields as well. What do you guys think? I think you listen, you're talking to Terry. Two of us here were advocates of them playing in preseason because it was a young team with a lot of new faces. And I believe I agree with your continuity comments. I think that it's been very difficult for them to find any continuity, whether it's in the secondary because of the injuries or the offensive line. And we were very unsettled about the offensive line when the season began because these guys hadn't been out there. So the hope is, is yes, now that they will hopefully be together, that you will see some of that growth. And how much growth you'll see, I'm not 100% sure. But I think it's a good point that going forward, I, I, I said it earlier, look, I'm not going to call this the most important game of the year. But if you can find a little bit of success out there and change it. Right now, they're wearing stink cologne. Like they took a bottle of cologne, it says stink on it. They're wearing stink cologne. What's stink cologne? You, you smell like crap. Like you, you, like they smell like doo doo, right? Okay. Well, if they're able to go to the store and grab a bottle, is you know that says smell good and good stuff. Yeah. So you could come out of this game if you get a win. Guess what? You're no longer with the stink cologne. You got a little better smell to you. You feel better about yourself. Well, I'm sure there is. I'm not the analogy guy. This is like after you haven't showered for a couple of days and you use the cheap cologne to cover up the bo. And all you smell like is cheap cologne and B.O. You need a really good shower. Okay, fine. Then it's you haven't showered in four weeks and you smell. Yes. If you win tonight, you get a shower. Yeah. (laughs) And then you'll smell better. And you'll feel better about yourself. That's the point. Stink cologne. You've been wearing stink cologne for the first month of the season. Throw that away. Throw in the garbage and spray yourself with some smell good. Get rid of the stink cologne. If you lose tonight... You still wearing the stank cologne? Stank cologne. The stank is fine. We'll call it stank cologne. S T A N K. Stank. We could call it S T A A A N K. Stank cologne. They smell right now. Am I? Am I? Is that oh, fair? Terribly. If they win tonight, will some of that stench come off of it, them it, a little it, bit? It's, it's what's worse than bo? What's a worse smell than bo? <sighs> a dumpster. Yes. That's the that's the analogy everyone said. It's it's. They're I'm a just telling fire. you. And if you get that shower, what happens when you like you're just filthy and you smell, but then you take that shower? How do you feel after that? You feel refreshed. Refreshed. As opposed to not getting that shower, you're sitting on your couch and you're throwing up because you're smelling yourself and you smell and it's just awful. And you just keep going. You, oh, yeah, God, I stink. I I'm miss, horrible. Like I, I stink. Can't even stand and, and, and and I gotta smell myself your for hair, two, two extra days. Your because, hair is even greasy, yeah, and you can't even stand how greasy your hair is. Right. Your forehead right. is completely oily. But what happens if you get that shower? 
You feel refreshed. You feel yes. better. Yes. Doesn't mean you're going to stay nice and, and, and smell good and forever. They're but it e- gives you a little bit of a break from smelling like a dumpster. They're like when you haven't brushed your teeth in three days. Okay. They are like your breath when you haven't brushed your teeth in three full days. Tonight could be, a you know, one of those wintergreen lifesavers. Like just puke. That has been sitting outside yes. in the heat. Get the bad taste out of your mouth. Get the bad stench off of you, at least for a short period of time. And you can spend a few days off feeling better about yourself That's, instead of sitting on your couch smelling yourself. If the Bears lose today, everyone, tomorrow on the show, you will be asked to describe what is that smell. If they lose? If they lose. Oh, yeah. Describe the smell. That's what we're going to. That's what we're going to play. Have you, have you ever been in the, the in the the alley over here on the other side of of ABC Seven Studio? That would be how I would. Oh, describe. really? Oh, because there's a food dumpster over there. It smells like something's dead. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Yes, football is back, and Twin Peaks is the ultimate sports lodge you've been searching for this season. They have everything you need from 360 degrees of TVs, amazing eats, and of course the scenic views. They've been busy in the kitchen amplifying their famous wings and sauces just in time for football season. Maybe you love the Twin Peaks wings, but they're not spicy enough. Well, they have a new wing sauce just for you. Have your wings sauced and tossed in the new hot-as-you-know-what sauce. Their hottest wing sauce yet. Can you handle the heat? Get to Twin Peaks and find out. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Phone number to reach is 312-332-3776. We'll take your calls inside the network pregame show starting at 5 as well. Lance Briggs will be with me in studio. You can continue to watch on Twitch as well. Remember, you can uh, listen to us on the ESPN Chicago app. This portion of Waddle and Sylvie is brought to you by Steinhoffels, employee-owned, family-run. It's an awesome place. There's one not far from Hallis Hall in Vernon Hills. That's where I shop. My guy Jeremy, the general manager, go up and see him. The new one's in Harwood Heights. And uh, more coming to the Chicagoland area. Uh, let's take Sean. You're on... ESPN 1000. What's on your mind for tonight, Sean? Hi, guys. Thanks for letting me share the air. Uh, you guys have been talking about this for a while now, and I'm kind of I'm 100 in agreement. Tell me what you think of this. The Bears, to me, the Bears organization, are like shampoo okay. because every year it's the same thing: wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. We get some momentum. We get a pick. We break it up. We do great things. It falls on its face. We're going to tear it down again, build it back up again. My only other comment is I pray to God that nothing happens, and I don't wish ill will on anyone, but if Justin Fields gets hurt this season, the the organization is – there are no words. I'll hang up and listen. Well, getting hurt is part of the sport. I mean, like anybody could get hurt at any time. I don't know how – and the concept of, of we always tear it down and build it back up, that's the problem. We haven't built it back up. This hasn't been built back up 
in a, in a meaningful way in how long. Like, you have a pop-up season every now and right, again. Right, Matt Nagy, you know, they had a 12-4 season where the defense was historically good, and they carried the offense along the way a bit. And then the, Mitch's final year, they snuck into the postseason mm-hmm. with the added uh, wild-card team. But there's been no r- real rebuild. There's no sustained success. No, yes. So... The teardowns continue, but the building back up, that's been the problem. Those have those moments have not existed. Marcus in Wicker Park here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Marcus? Thanks for taking my call. Going off of that comment, God forbid the Bears and the Panthers start winning a couple games here and we don't get the first pick. Do you guys think it's possible that we'll value Justin above the UNC quarterback, above the Michigan quarterback? And we take the left tackle out of Penn State, yes. take Marvin Harrison Jr., it and could. roll with Justin? It or could. do you think that teardown's coming with that? No, it could. You never know. It depends how well Justin plays. I mean, I it's what, too it, early it, to come to any conclusion. The same way it's too early to start cheering for losses, it's too early to predict what's well, going well, to that's happen. That's why it's possible. Like, if it's not Caleb Williams, anything is possible, I think. That, that's my opinion. At this point, like you said, because it's early. Yes, there's a whole lot of season to be played, and there's a whole lot of evaluating that will go on between now and the end of the And Justin can help you change your mind. I think, again, you know where I stand on Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is, no matter how Justin plays, kind of a, not kind of, he is a a must-draft candidate. He's a guy that many people speak of in terms of being one of those generational-type players. Yes. Yes. If you have the opportunity to grab one of those guys, you usually do it regardless. All right, so you're going to Hooters. What, I am. what is your prediction for this game? Uh, I believe that the Washington Commanders win this game 24 23. Wow. So right down to the wire. Well, I don't know how we get to 24 23. They may be up 24 to 10, and then they. Backdoor cover? It's whatever, yeah. 24-23. I was going to go 24-20, but I'll go 24-23. Either way, I, I like the Bears and the points. I like the Commanders, but I like the Bears and the points. All right, so the Bears lose a one-point heartbreaker. But I'm not playing the game. I'm not betting on it. And then again, you're going to the Hooters near O'Hare on I Higgins. You betcha. You betcha. Right, so, so go out and see Waddle. He'll be there from 7 until 9. Let's do this. With RJ Curcio. Maybe. He may be there. I'll be there. He may be. I don't know. All right, I'm uh, continuing the pr- the party right now with the Bears Network pregame show with Dion Miller and Lance Briggs. It's all coming up next on ESPN 1000. Stay tuned.